Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your Raw Review. It's your Raw Review for April 18th, 2022. We had ourselves quite the sports entertaining edition of Monday Night Raw tonight. Uh, we had a bit of everything. We had title matches. We had weddings. <laughs> we had mystery opponents. We had our classic disqualifications and countout victories because it's WWE, and that's that's what they do. So let's dive right into the show. So we kick things off right off the bat with the drip god himself, Seth Rollins, coming out to the ring, and he wastes no time calling out his WrestleMania Backlash opponent, Cody Rhodes, so they can have themselves... A little chat. Cody coming out to the ring, spared no expense once again with the pyro. I swear at this point, this is they're doing this for the for the memes, for the lulls, because the ridiculous amount of pyro that this man gets is just absolutely hilarious. So Cody comes out so over with the crowd. He actually, at a couple times, he he stops Seth from talking just so he could acknowledge the crowd. And obviously, he's doing this on purpose to get underneath Seth's underneath <laughs> Seth's skin. And it certainly works as Seth was going to go on this, not really a tirade, but this long string of how he was saying how he was going to say how how much he respected his his family his brother his father the american dream uh respecting cody for coming back for wanting to win the wwe championship but then now the disrespect so the long and short of it is that seth still feels slighted that cody had the upper hand at wrestlemania being the mystery guest. Um, and Seth wanted to kind of even the playing field. So he said, tonight, how would you feel if tonight you have yourself a match against a mystery opponent of my choosing? Cody, obviously not going to back down from anything. Just gets right in Seth's face, goes, let's do it. So your main event for tonight will be Seth Rollins picking an opponent for Cody Rhodes. But... Before we get there, our in-ring action kicked off with the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match, as it was the Boston Globe, Naomi, and Sasha Banks taking on Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. This was a great match, uh, and surprisingly, Sasha and... Well, not so much surprisingly that Sasha and Naomi retained their titles, but the fact that Sasha pinned Rhea Ripley, who I don't, I don't remember the last time this woman got pinned, um, so that was the big shocker. Um, and then of course the turn that everybody and their mother expected Rhea attacking Liv Morgan after the match, Liv was taken out towards the end of the match, which is why she was not able to help her partner and why Rhea took the pin. Rhea just had enough and attacked Liv, told her that she's the one who failed this tag team and the turn has happened. And they tried to catch up with her in the back. And if people noticed all the purple lighting, just, just foreshadowing, folks, just foreshadowing. They tried to see, you know, the reason why 
she would attack Liv. Rhea's like, nobody deserves an explanation. And she just walks off. After that, we had Sonya Deville come out to the ring, call out Bianca, telling Bianca that she's not allowed to lay her hands on her because she is WWE official at this point in time. But that their Raw Women's Championship match will be happening next week in Knoxville, Tennessee, which is Bianca Belair's hometown. Now, if you've watched WWE long enough, you know hometown heroes don't normally win. So there's a non-zero percent chance here that Sonya could get the victory and cheat <laughs> and cheat Bianca out of her title. But before the segment ends, uh, Bianca had enough and had Sonya in line to hit the KOD. And Sonya's screaming on the on the mic, put me down, put me down right now. I'm thinking to myself, like, that's some poor choice of words. But Bianca does kind of not exactly gently lets her go. Sonya ends up falling on her face, on her back. Um, <laughs> but, of course, this leads to a mega fine um, Sonia demanding that um, Adam Pierce fine Bianca Belair, the largest amount a woman's ever been fined. And Bianca shows up in the back and Sonia's not clearly happy about this. And Bianca's like, no, I'm just, I'm just here to pay my fine. Bianca said, well, fine. How much was it? And Bianca takes out a nice, shiny, crisp $1 bill, flaps it a little bit, hands it over to Adam Pierce. She was fined $1 for attacking or laying her hands on Sonya Deville. Adam Pierce did it by the book. It was the largest fine ever. <laughs> so after that, we got to see our boy Veer have himself a nice squash match, taking out Buffalo's own Jeff Brooks, uh, winning by that cervix uh, submission that he has, that he's uh, put out the Mysterio family and just would not let go of Jeff Brooks. Um, the man had to be carted out into an ambulance like they did it with, with Dominic. So this man is just setting up a hospital wing with his injured opponents. So Veer definitely, once he finally showed up on raw, he is now leaving bodies and it's great. After that, one of the highlights of the show tonight, and it's not a wrestling match. Uh, obviously, People know WWE stands for World Wrestling Entertainment. And we had multiple entertaining moments tonight. And this one was one of them. It was the Kevin Owens show where KO invited Ezekiel to do a lie detector test to prove that he was indeed Elias. Now, to make this even better, KO went out and hired the smartest man in WWE, Chad Gable, the master himself, to conduct this test. So <laughs> during this test, uh, Chad Gable was asking like baseline questions and showing whether something's true, something's a lie and whatnot. And KO is trying to catch him in it. And <laughs> Chad just looks at KO and goes, no, he's supposed to say this answer wrong because we're trying to set a base here. And KO's like, He's so fed up with this whole thing. He just wants 
Ezekiel to real to to admit that he's actually Elias, that he just shaved his beard. It's just a lot of fun. Um, these three made this whole segment. It was just outstanding. Uh, Kevin Owens worth every penny, every loony that he was signed uh, when he resigned his his um, his contract. Uh, Ezekiel's doing great. Um, obviously it, the whole circumstance with it is just, it's just hilarious in its own right. And they're doing such a, I think they're doing such a great job with this whole thing. And then Chad Gable has been doing the best work of his entire career, the past six months to a year. So it just made it even better. Um, but after Ezekiel passes all of his tests, uh, Kevin just completely fed up, leaves the ring. And then Chad Gable attacks Ezekiel from the back, leading to Ezekiel's, quote-unquote, first match on Monday Night Raw. And unfortunately, this match ends in disqualification as Otis comes out and attacks Ezekiel, saving Chad from from a sure loss. Um, But... He ends up taking the taking the loss anyways because of the disqualification. But Chad wasn't pinned, so I guess it's the small victories in life. I guess. <laughs> After that, we had some tag team action as the Raw Tag Team Champions RK Bro took on the Street Profits, and the Street Profits. I like this edge that they have to them now. They're not heels per se but they're 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 a little more spicy and this is good i like this it keeps them fresh and they use some trickery of their own using the usos music at the end of this match to distract rk bro leading the street profits to get the victory here staking their claim possibly trying to sneak their way into the title unification match at wrestlemania backlash so we could have ourselves a triple threat match going forward. I don't know if they'll actually pull the trigger on it, but I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't hate it. I honestly really wouldn't. So we'll see what happens. After that, um, we have another fantastic promo from Edge and Damian Priest talking about how they haven't been able to be at their best. And, you know, they they have a lot more to prove and it all starts with AJ Styles and Edge issues a challenge to AJ for WrestleMania Backlash to finish that feud. And it's going to be interesting. AJ does eventually accept later on in the night. He then is also jumped by Edge and Damian Priest and they left him laying. So this match it's going to be good. And obviously, there's still all this talk about who could possibly join Edge and Priest. Rhea's name obviously has been tossed around. People have also talked about Tommaso Ciampa. So, I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. After that, we had ourselves another title match as Finn Balor put the United States Championship on the line, taking on Theory no more Austin because that man got Austin stunned out of him by stone cold. And lo and behold, theory wins the U S title. And then you have half, (laughs) half the locker room coming out to celebrate with him. And then who comes out after that? Vince McMahon himself take a selfie with the title, Austin theory, theory, whatever the hell you want to call him. Clearly now 
has the full backing of Vince and the sky is the limit for this kid. I'm happy for him. I've always enjoyed his work, even his ridiculousness when he was with the way. Um, but he's doing good stuff. So this is this is big news. Speaking of news, we'll segue a little bit. It was confirmed tonight that Kushida has left WWE. His profile had moved over to the alumni section tonight and people started noticing it on the internet post about it and then we got a confirmation from frightful uh, or fightful.com stating that kushida has indeed left the company it's nice that they let his um contract expire they didn't just release him knowing that now he's got no 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 compete clause the man could show up anywhere he wants hopefully he finds success wherever he goes I think uh, he could go anywhere, honestly. So obviously people are already jumping on the AEW train. But guys, we need to remember, AEW's got a whole lot of people that they're not using right now either. You don't need to sign every former WWE star. He can go to Impact. He can go to, you know, if he wants to go to AEW, he can go through ROH. If he doesn't, he wants to go back to Japan. Let him go back to Japan. Just let him do what he wants. We'll see what happens, but I'm sure this will not be the last time we see Kushida in the wrestling ring. After that, we went to another segment that I thought was very entertaining. The one gripe I have with this is not with the performers, but with the crowd. Once again, this crowd tried to hijack this whole thing. I get it. It's wrestling weddings. It's rotated around the 24-7 title. I get it, but still. Let these guys have some time. They don't get a lot of time on television as is. Let them have their time to shine. Our truth was the MVP of this whole segment. He tried to keep the crowd at bay, which was a very difficult thing to do in Buffalo, but he was able to get it done. We had ourselves two commitments, not necessarily weddings. Um, there were some interesting movement of pieces when it came to bride and groom at one point we had both tamina and dana brooke on one end with reggie and Tazawa on the other side of course you get two ladies on one side and the crowd starts to go crazy and then they boo once tamina switches back to go back to Tazawa. so it's like guys don't just stop <laughs> but everything went off without a hitch quote unquote uh everybody gets committed i say that with quotation marks because i don't know this whole thing could have been a giant commit into like a mental hospital but whatever um and of course the moment this whole thing ends and and mind you the 24 7 title was not on the line doing anything all that was suspended until the commitment commitments were done once they were done reggie went to kiss Dana, dropped her to the mat. The ref slid in and counted to three, giving Reggie the win. Then Tamina attacked Reggie, pinning Reggie, winning her first 24-7 or title. And then Tazawa <laughs> trying to dig through the wedding dress to reach Tamina to pin her to, to win the 24-7 championship once again. And then Dana Brooke jumps off the top rope in her wedding dress takes out uh, Tazawa, pins him, regains the title, and then escapes with our truth to the back. So with a matter of like a minute, we had four title changes. 
cool. This is why I like the 24-7 title when it comes to stuff like this. The rapid changes, it's still, it's the PG version of the, the hardcore title when it was 24-7. It's really all this is. Um, but it's still comical. I enjoy it. I, a lot of people were all pissed off. There was a whole bunch of old white men on the internet that were all complaining because why is Sasha and Naomi in this? Blah, blah, blah. Clearly, they don't remember Team Bad when they were with Tamina because they were Tamina's bridesmaids. It's continuity, folks. We like continuity in wrestling or sports entertainment. This is how this works. But the old white men want to complain because, oh, this doesn't make sense. Oh, this is a comedy thing. It's continuity. If you don't like it, shut up. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear you bitching anyways. So after that comedy segment's over, we move on to our main event. Cody Rhodes taking on a mystery opponent of Seth Rollins choosing. Lo and behold, the mystery guest is Kevin Owens. Not really a big surprise. A lot of people did expect this, and myself included, but that's fine. You get Seth Rollins picking KO to take on Cody Rhodes. They had a good 15 minutes. This was a great match. Very great. Very, very, very good match. Rollins, about halfway through, coming out for a, uh, a closer look because KO is not putting Cody away as fast as he'd like. And then, of course, at the very end of this, they're fighting literally to the last minute of this show. Um, KO gets uh, back body dropped onto the apron on the outside, falls over. Cody slides back in the ring. KO's having some difficulty getting up. Seth runs over to him and starts yelling at him, telling him to get his fat ass back in the ring to finish this match. KO said, I'm screw you. This is your match. I'm done with this. And walks off. Cody gets the victory via countout, goes to celebrate. Seth attacks at the very end, knocking Cody over the top uh, rope. Cody lands hard on the ground, immediately starts grabbing at his ankle, and the show goes off the air. And I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> what happened? So we'll uh, we'll try to keep tabs, try to see what happens with Cody's ankle. Uh, hopefully it's a quote-unquote kayfabe injury and not a real thing because that would, that would suck pretty bad. Um, but yeah, so that was that was raw. I, I was entertained by it. I enjoyed it. it three hours went by real quick. Um, I just, I don't understand why people just have to complain so much about this stuff i get it it may not be for everybody but if your whole point of being online is to just completely run this show down then don't watch anymore do something better with your three hours instead of just shit posting the whole time it just it's annoying nobody really cares about your opinion nobody really cares about my opinion it's just it's an opinion but be positive there's enough negativity in this world just be more positive just just watch it for what it is that's just, I'll get off my soapbox because I got to wrap this up. <laughs> so guys, if you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at above the ring. We are steamrolling past 7,000 followers. We truly appreciate all of you. We're closing in on 7,200. It's just, it's mind blowing. Like we, we, we just crossed seven last week. We're already almost at 72. It's just, it's great. I love it. Twitter. You guys are great. You can also find us on Facebook at Ship It Above the Ring. You can find us on Instagram as underscore Above the Ring and on YouTube as Above the Ring. You can find um, myself pretty much everywhere as Scotty J Stream or 
Uh, you can find this podcast on basically every podcasting platform that is out there. If uh, you're listening to one that we're not a part of, let us know. We'll add ourselves to it. That way you can do all your one-stop podcast shopping. Add a little bedlam to your day from above the ring. Again, my name is Scott. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week. We'll be live once again tomorrow night for the NXT Narrative. And then after that, SmackDown Study rolls around coming out Saturday. And then Sam and I will be right back at it Sunday morning doing episode 126 of Above the Ring. Also, while I'm mentioning, go back and listen to episode 125 that dropped on Monday. It is (laughs) labeled American Chop Suey. We talk about all things uh, AEW and a whole lot more. Guys, thank you. Appreciate you as always. If you don't already, please don't forget to ship it and join the bedroom. Have a good night. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason, and this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.